Hello and welcome to your match review and then kind of partial season review here on Four Lads Had a Dream. My name's Andrew and I'm joined tonight by three of my very favourite podders. Uh, first of all, Kenny, how you doing, man? I'm good, thanks, Andrew. Very good. Yeah, we've got reasons to be in a good mood. Uh, yep. Next of all, Andy, how are you doing, man? I'm good too, thanks. Yep, good to be on after the weekend. Indeed. And uh, finally, a new kind of voice on this particular podcast, although she's already very experienced doing the match day pods with Stevie. Shona, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Had a great weekend, so looking forward to talking about all things Rangers tonight. It's going to be good. One. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. It's um, Yeah, it, it was quite a pleasing weekend. Uh, I think started off quite pleasantly with uh, the, the team closest to us in the league failing to get a result, um, which is always good. Uh, they um, they managed to drop two points against, you know, Achilles side who look in good form. We still had to do our job, though, and um, that meant going to St. Johnson, playing against uh, Craig Levine team, Kenny, who um, at the best of times don't really look like they want to play what's traditionally called football. Uh, but we managed to get the result in the end. Yeah, we did. Actually, uh, thought it was a stuffy first half hour. And from there, I thought we really started to take control. And yeah, absolutely delighted to get one over in Mr. Levine. He's a... <laughs> He's a wily old soak, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> what can you say about him? We can certainly see that from his post-match comments, yes, for sure. But exactly. we will get to that. Um, so, Andy, I'll come to you first then, mate. We lined up with um, an actually fairly dramatically changed um, starting lineup. Uh, defence looked pretty standard. Butland and goals, Tav, Golden, Suter and Barisic in defence. Lundstrom, and then after that, the changes started coming. Diamande in the midfield alongside Lunny uh, and then Cantwell, Cortez and Wright as the attacking midfielders with Silver up top. Um, I know I was a little bit taken aback by the by the amount of changes in that, Andy, but um, yeah, any um, any major shocks for you there? No, it's, it's something the manager likes to do is, you know, since he came in, he's been rotating fairly regular and I expected a few changes to the front line with, you know, Dessers and Silver seemed to swap. Matondo was injured, so that left room for Cortez to come in. And then it was just a case of maybe whether McCausland uh, would drop out. But further back, good to see Diomandi starting. And as I'm sure we'll talk about, that was um, a very good performance from him. And a wee bit of surprise, I suppose, with Barisic coming in as well. But no, it's something the manager likes to do, is, is to rotate his squad and keep everybody fresh. And I think the key thing is that the squad buy into it. People don't think they're being dropped. If people aren't going at half because they're not starting a game, they kind of know that they'll get their chance. And... I think in the past, when you see so many changes, you panic and you think, oh, you know, the levels are going to drop off here. But it's, it's something we've avoided so far. We're still playing well. We're still getting results. So credit to the manager and the squad are buying into it. I think that's absolutely it. Um, you know, we don't really see, you know, it's not a major drama now when we see a, a different kind of lineup because everyone kind of knows their role within that team. Um, I was just trying to tempt you to say something bad about Scott Wright, but we, we all know who runs the podcast around here, so obviously that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, but, uh, Shona, I'll come to you first then. I mean, in terms of the events of the game, we're not going to go through it in blow-by-blow blow detail. We certainly had a lot less chances than we did in our previous match, but it took a while to get going, I think it's fair to say. We don't, I think, ever look like we're under threat, but it's not until the 37th minute when there's an attempted clearance from McGowan and Diamande, who I think had a very good kind of first start for us, just hits an absolute rocket just from outside the box and uh, puts us 1-0 up. Um, pleased to see that? 
Yeah, I think it all started off with Tav, wasn't it? And then the flick from Cartwell that came, comes off the defender. And obviously it's quite nice to see us scoring a goal from outside the box. I reiterate that, outside the box. So, no, yeah. it was a lovely strike. It was actually with his weaker foot, which was another one as well that I took from the game. I don't know if you guys had seen the same. But, um, no, I thought overall, I thought um, Dio Mandy, he deserved his man of the match. I think he obviously had two big chances. He had 100% successful dribbling rate. And he won 70, 75% of his tackles. So it shows you that the guy is very athletic. Um, I think he reminds me of Glenn Kamara, uh, very much so, mm. but obviously a bit more athletic and maybe can hit a shot from outside the box. But I thought overall, I thought Diamandi really did begin to show um, his worth in this Rangers team. I think that's been the kind of the issue in the past. I think with players that have come in and they haven't really hit the ground running. I think obviously it's imperative that the likes of him and Cortez hit the ground running. And I think so far the weekend in the last couple of games are beginning to show that. And I think the manager did say something about building connections as well. So yeah. and I think it was the is that for the for, for the sixth game in a row now we've had a different front three as well. So look, um, there's yeah. a lot there's a there's a lot there that obviously we're talking about changes that the manager makes within the squad. I really just think this is just down to his man management skills and, and obviously ch- trying to keep that harmony within the camp. And I think so far it's really working. I think that was another five changes at the weekend there. So, no, I thought mm-hmm. Diamandi overall, I thought um, he played really, really well. I think there was a time when he actually covered for Lundstrom as well. So, um, mm-hmm. And he, he, he seems to read the game quite well. I don't know if you guys saw that as well. I thought he, he was getting into a tackle really well. And, uh, yeah, no, overall I thought... Mandy played very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a it's a great first kind of start for him. And as you say, like it, it's part of that kind of ongoing rotation. Uh, it will be interesting to see how we kind of shape up as the as the season progresses. We've got 12 games left in the league, uh, and you know we'll we'll have certainly a number of uh, European uh, fixtures as well as Scottish Cup games to uh, to get through as well. So as we hope, we'll we'll continue with those competitions. But in the meantime. Kenny, we've still got this match to win. Uh, we we failed to kind of get any more goals in that first half. Second half, Silva has a really great chance right at the start of the second half, um, but he's just wide, and it takes us a while, I think, to to get into the um, into the mode. I think. Um, Despite Cortez being an exciting player, I, I don't think he was doing a lot to impact the game. Same with Scott Wright, unfortunately. We do make a number of changes. Uh, most notably, Sterling comes in, and uh, it's when he makes a run forward into the box um, because he's playing on right wing. Uh, Considine takes him out. The ref blows the whistle, um, but then doesn't give a penalty. Um I might just quickly ask the entire group. So I'll start with you, Shona. Was it a penalty, yes or no? Oh, it was 100% a penalty. I think we all fall <laughs> for it straight away. Like, And uh, you know what? We haven't had a penalty to Rangers in a wee while, so it was quite nice to hear those three words again, wasn't it? 100%. Uh, Andy, any kind of doubts there? I don't know. I was going to look to the linesman to see what he thought before I decided, but no. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're only the referee, right? It shouldn't yeah, be on you yeah. to make any kind of decisions or anything, right? And uh, Kenny, I suspect you'll probably round us out here and uh, and agree that that was a penalty. What's he up to? Honestly, what what is the referee <laughs> doing? I mean, it's as clear a penalty as you're ever going to see, right? And to be perfectly blunt, he just kind of shits it, doesn't he? I mean, it's the only way to describe it. He actually doesn't know what to do, the look of fear, mm-hmm. we've just stuck a picture up in the group chat and the, the fear in his face, I was like, what do I do, have I got to give Rangers a penalty, it's pathetic, um, and I don't want to get on uh, about referees, because we talk about them every week, Andrew, but that is outrageous, it's as clear a penalty as you're ever going to see, and being serious for a moment, you, you've got to look at this in this country at the minute, and referees are allowing VAR to 
referee the game. He's turned yeah. around and he's looked at his linesman, he's looked at the fourth official, and he's probably said something very quietly in his mic about, let VAR check that, will you? Uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a stonewall penalty. Why he's not, a, a, you know, blowing his whistle to give it instantly is ridiculous, actually. And it takes, what, two minutes or something like that? Uh, look, as I said, it's as clear a penalty as you're ever going to see. Uh, and referees are beginning to concern me in Scotland again. It's it's a worry. It's not the first time. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you next, mate. And the, Kenny raises a good point now. He says the referees are waiting for VAR. The thing is, they shouldn't because that can affect the, you know, the outcome. The whole point is that they give the decision and it's only changed if there's a clear and obvious error. Whereas these guys are going... I'm not sure. I'll just wait and we'll see whether VAR overturns it. And then in that scenario, you don't get penalties like the one at Parkhead, for example, like some of the other ones we've seen where they kind of tend to stick with the on-field decision. That one at <laughs> the weekend was so blatant they couldn't <laughs> fail to change it. But, you know, as, as Kenny said, that you know, despite Fay Louise's comments about the, the VAR booth, the refs are kind of wanting somebody to do the job for them and they're bottling out the decisions they need to be giving. Yeah, I think that's it. It's um, you could see it from the. I mean, I don't want to get all like psychology and body language expert or anything like that, but everyone's seen the picture of the ref immediately after the incident, and I think it's as clear as day that he is shiting it out of having to make a decision here. Um, especially at that stage of the game, it's been tense. I mean, St Johnson don't manage to have a shot on target against us, but when it's one nil, anything can happen. But yeah. Anyway, we're going to have a second to talk about penalties again, but, uh, you know, Tav does what Tav does, scores the penalty with no issues, and uh, we're in kind of cruise control at that point. Um, we, we move on, uh, not even 10 minutes later. Lawrence has a shot from distance. Rangers were seriously piling on the pressure at this point. There's a handball, uh, again, goes to a VAR check. This one, I can understand the ref not giving it because it wasn't massively obvious in the moment. The players obviously claimed for it, but then players, I think, have a tendency to start claiming for everything at this point. So, um, yeah, that goes to a VAR check. Again, there's no real doubt there. Hits the boy in the in the arm. His arm's extended away from his body. Clear-cut penalty again. Shona, Tav does what Tav does again. Well, I think um, if you look at the stats, I think in the last three games that we've played St. Johnson, they've actually not had a shot on target. So looking into that game, I know it was only 1-0 and we were still quite nervous because of the pitch, but I actually thought we were in total control of that game. I think the first half, obviously, with the, the, the state of the pitch and trying to get used to it, but I thought, obviously, with Tav taking his two penalties, Tav does what Tav does, doesn't he, to know that way? So that's him now had, is it scored two and assisted three in the last few games? So yep. you know, he always turns he always turns up in the, the big moments and he's obviously had the most contributions in the league so far, but... He fired that penalty right into the top corner. Well, the kind of corner. The, the keeper had no chance. So, um, But, you know, the second one, I thought, is it the second one you're discussing at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think he goes to the opposite side, and it was from, obviously, the Lawrence strike. I don't know how ma- how the, the referee managed to miss that clear handball, but that's now 120 goals for Tav. He's joint with John Gregg, and he's three, three off the British record of, of Graham Alexander. What? A, what? A, honestly, I don't understand why he gets the criticism, criticism he does. Because uh, he seems to always turn up in the big moments for us. Some people haven't got over, you know, his performance in the cup final against Hibs, you know. So, yeah, you know, obviously, we've got to keep holding that over him until he leaves Rangers, obviously. Um, look, all joking aside, we, we knew that this was a potential banana skin because of how Craig Levine sets up. The pitch was a nightmare. But we go through, we, um, we've we won the game, and uh, we sit quite nicely now in the uh, in the league table. Two points clear, positive goal difference as well. 
things are looking very nice for us. But what I wanted to do in the second half of this, having had a little chat about our latest game, is look back at what we have done so far in terms of the bigger picture. Um, we did a kind of half-season review back in January. We do encourage you to go back and check that out. But since then, we've um, I think we've, we've been unbeaten. Um, we uh, are through to the fifth round of the Scottish Cup after beating the Barton 4-1. We then beat Hibs 3-0. We beat St Mirren 1-0. We beat Livy 3-0. We beat Aberdeen 2-1, getting our first win over Aberdeen this season, um, in a league at least. We're then through to the quarters of the Scottish Cup, 2-0 air, and we draw Hibs away. 3-1 to Ross County, and then 3-0 over St Johnson. So, Kenny, I'll come to you first, but I mean, that is a really strong winning run that we've gone on. You know, we've racked up the points, we've kept clean sheets in the majority of the games, and we've looked comfortable. We've not, I don't think, had spectacular performances I, th- I think you know across across the piece maybe you could argue Ross County just the sheer number of chances that were created but I mean what's your take on on how Big Phil has been performing uh, since uh, since we came back in January it's just upped a gear it's upped in fact it's upped a couple of gears Andrew we're, we're, we're playing very well at times there's a real structure to our team that the, the team is playing like a team the players are, are all working together. They're, you can actually see it, that they're moving, you know, from side to side and up and down the park together and stuff like that, which, you know, m- maybe in that mid-season break, um, he's, he's had a wee chance to work on. But you, you're saying we're not playing, you know, we've not had any spectacular. I, I actually think we have been quite good, Andrew. I think we've been really pretty <laughs> good. Um, we're certainly at this particular minute in time playing better than anybody else in the country. Uh, That's true. And the only criticism I could possibly uh, throw at the team at all was that we're maybe just not taking quite the, the the amount of chances that we perhaps should, because we're creating so many chances in every game. Even on uh, yesterday and Sunday, there we, you know, that second half we've we've missed three, four, five decent chances again, and that if I'm being picky, it'd been you know that little bit. Uh, of an irritant, if you like, uh, that's the one thing that's going to get to me is that I, I would like to see games getting put to bed just a little bit quicker. But I've got to say, from the minute we've come back, we have looked very professional, Andrew, really professional. And I just want to point out that Shona stole my start about Tavernier and I was gutted because I was waiting to see it. <laughs> I like to see this. I want I want to see fights breaking out amongst the podders. This, this means that I can, you know, establish my dominance uh, as the uh, as the host here, obviously. Um, Shona, I guess I'll come to you next then. We, um, we have two more big fixtures uh, this February. We, are, we have Hearts at home and then we are away to Killy as well. I think... Those are maybe out with the old firm, maybe the two hardest fixtures that we could possibly have in the league, just based on kind of form and how teams are playing. Do you feel comfortable going into these games? Do you feel confident? Is there still that element of fear? What What's your kind of mindset at this point? I think you've got to feel confident at the moment. I think that's now, was it 26 games that Clement's had and 22 wins? And then mm-hmm. every game that we've scored, I think it's about 18 league games now that we've scored first, we've gone on to win. So, look, I think you've got to be very confident. I think the toughest game for me, um, I think, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I thought that the Aberdeen game was a bit of a game changer in the league. Obviously, them dropping points, but obviously for us to take that, that build that momentum, going into obviously the game in hand as well. So, we're going to obviously join top of the league. And unfortunately for us, they've actually dropped points. We've now gone two points ahead. So, I think for me, I think the, the, the two biggest games I actually think coming up is, believe it or not, is 
getting over that hurdle in the old firm game. I think that's been our struggle. I think that's that's the one thing that they can come at is over and over and over again. I think if we can manage to do that, I think there's there'll be a different talk um, at the end of that pod. I think there'll be um, maybe t- title kind of contenders at that point. So I think if mm. we were to go into that, but I think for me, it's definitely this Hearts game this weekend. Hearts are unbeaten in 10 games so far. They're on really on fire. But if we stop Lauren Shankland like we did in the in the in the previous game, and uh, Bank Balogun had him in his back pocket. So uh, if we can still do that, I don't think that they've got that many goals out with Lawrence Shankland in their team. So I think that's what the, the, the biggest step for us this weekend is trying to stop Lawrence Shankland. We stop him. I'm pretty confident that we'll obviously go on but, uh, to win the game. But I think the good thing for us guys, I think with it looking at the away fixtures, we've only conceded four away goals all season. And I think yeah. that's what you look at when, you, when you're looking at your, your win, win leagues. You look at your defence first and if your defence are only conceding four away goals, it's going to be really, really tough for these guys um, on the on on the um, at home against us. So I'm I'm pretty confident with the the games that we do have away. It's the one at home with with Hearts. It's the one that I'm not so confident about. Well, should I say I'm confident, but I've obviously got my my doubts because obviously of Hearts form. And then yeah. I think obviously the old firm game, and I think that will be the game changer. No, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, before we even get to the Hearts game, though, Andy, we've got uh, the small matter of our last 16 draw to find out our opponents um, in the next stage of the Europa League. Um, I'll be honest, I've not been keeping a close eye on the fixtures so far, but I mean, at this stage, Andy, is 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 Europa more of a bonus, or do you want to see how far we can go and maybe if we can go all the way to to Dublin? I think it depends on the draw. You know, there's some good teams still mm-hmm. left in there. We've lost their usual buy into the next round in Braga, potentially, depending on how they got on. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I think at the moment, it feels like more of a distraction, which hasn't been the case in the last few years. I think we're now kind of wanting to get into the league games and get more wins on the board and get ourselves closer to somewhere we haven't been in a, in a, in a while. But, uh, no, it'll be nice when it comes along. It'll be interesting to see who we get. And it's just one of those things, you know, with, with Ibrox and a European night... <laughs> We know we can do something special even against a good team, so no, definitely something to look forward to. Although I definitely have kind of parked that one for a while with all the goings on in the league. So, but no, let, let's see who we get. It'll be, it'll be good to get a, a decent draw and give us at least a chance of getting into the next round again. Because you know our record over the last few years has been phenomenal, as, as good as it's been in my lifetime. And I mean, I can't remember the last time we'd ever been so consistent in Europe. So, no, bring Completely, it up. Yeah. Let's see who we get. I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean. It, as you say, Andy, our record has been pretty phenomenal in there. Um, we have been shockingly consistent in the Europa League in terms of how well we've been able to perform. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately it comes down to, you know, these are all one-off ties. We, we've got the opportunity to pass through. So, yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can do some damage. But we, we've got a couple of games before then uh, to deal with. Kenny, um, we, we've, um, we've kind of talked around this so far, but... It, it, this feels quite unusual, I think, in in our more recent history. We're we're in February. We're looking down the barrel of a potential title race here. Uh, you've got to be excited for that, surely, right? Oh, listen. You look back to to what November even, and we we weren't in this, Andrew. We weren't in it at all, and it's twofold because people are turning around and saying, that, you know, from the other side of the city, that it's their form that's letting us in it. Sean has just said it herself, 26 games this guy's had, we've won 22, we've drawn three, we've lost one. Even the one that we did lose, we were very, un- for, I, I personally think we were very unfortunate. Uh, one of the draws that we had uh, was in Europe. Uh, one of the other draws was up at Aberdeen, where we did everything but score all day long until <laughs> we got that penalty. 
Um, so uh, our form is championship winning form. Um, I, I, I don't doubt that. It's just keeping it up. We've got 12 games left. Um, I was actually talking to my son, and I'm, I'm not making any bold predictions, but I actually see see the next four fixtures. Uh, if we can take 12 points there, I'll be I'll be looking into the horizon there, actually. Uh, I, I genuinely do think the next four fixtures, in the league in particular I'm talking about, are, are pivotal to how this season's going to go. I, I totally agree with, with Shona in terms of the Hearts game. I think that is massive. It's massive for two reasons. Um, they're on fire. They're playing really, really well. I think they've won nine of the last ten, if, if that's right. Um, Stop Shankland will win that game. I think Shona's right there as well. Um, but listen, get these next two fixtures, that and the Commander game next week, out of the way, and the pressure on the other side of the city will be enormous, and it will be, because they will be looking at those two fixtures, and we're not here to talk about them, but they will be looking at those next two fixtures with a little bit of hope that they'll take something off of us. So if we can get through that, we're in good shape. We will be in really good shape, Andrew. No, I think that's right. Um, Hearts in particular, I think, as as Sean has rightly pointed out, they're in phenomenal form at this moment in time. The fact that they, at this stage of the season, are 11 points behind second place, not us, obviously, because we're in first place, Um, but the fact that they are that close still, as much as I, I mean, this hurts a little bit to say, but Naismith is doing a good job with them down there. As as we've said, you know, it's questionable how much of that is just down to how phenomenal Shankland has been for them. Um, the question's always going to be there in terms of, you know, will, will he move? If he does move, does that leave Hearts completely stuffed or, or what? But uh, I suspect that'll be something we, uh, we cross come the summer. So, listen, I, I think we're sitting in a very good place right now. And as you said, Kenny, look back to, what, September, October sort of time, we were done. But... Shona, I mean, we, we've we've got to have a little hope here. You know, this is a really nice position to to find ourselves in, where we are we are competitive in this league for the, the first time in a long while. I mean, the the last time that we won the league, obviously, was at Canter. This time um, in that season, we were about ten or twelve points clear. So um, it, it's a it's a unique situation to be in because I suspect that this league's got you know twists and turns to go uh, in terms of the points totals. We are obviously going to go into the split after these um, after these next few fixtures. So uh, th- there's still time for twists and turns. But I mean, just speaking for myself, I'm feeling more, much more confident than I have felt in a Rangers team in a long time. How much of that do you attribute to the manager, and how much of that do you attribute to how the squad's performing? I think you've got to put it all down to the manager at the moment. I think what he's done when since he's came in, and this is obviously a massive opportunity for us to go five points clear at the weekend. And then it's all in our hands, guys. And that's the first time in 18 months that we've been in this position where genuinely there's a title race on and we've obviously got the advantage. So I think we've got to embrace it. I think we've got to enjoy it. I think we've got to just take every game as it comes. Um, as I said, I think the manager has probably been vital in this. I think what he's been able to get out of the likes of players like like Sterling. I think like Sterling's played, what is it, right back, left wing, right wing, right mid or something like that this season. So um, yep. like he's able to get a tune out of these players. I think if you said to um, us when we were under Beal, what was happening under the coaching side of things, I think what you can see under this manager, he's installed that belief. And I think even when you saw at the weekend, what I do like about the manager is you can see that Cantwell was gutted to come off for the weekend. And I think maybe Cantwell thought to himself it was a tactical change. I think when the manager spoke to him, it was just a precautionary. I want to keep you fit. 
the way Catmull's been playing at the moment as well has been vital for us. So, look, I think um, a lot of it you've got to put down. You've got to look at the end of the day. It does come down to the players on the pitch on, um, when it matters. But I think with the amount of changes that the manager makes, I think he's very tactically astute when it comes to playing these these games. And I think that's shown with the amount of changes that we're making in week in, week out. I think you'd be very surprised if anybody can make our prediction to a starting lineup even come this weekend. So, because I do think he might go a wee bit more defensive this weekend, just purely because of the, the hearts and the, the physicality. So, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw somebody like Sterling start the weekend or and maybe Dale Mandy just coming out just purely because of Sterling's physicality. But like, we'll wait and see. Um, but no, I think you've got to put a lot of it. It's got to be down to the manager at the moment. I think um, the way he comes across in press conferences, he's obviously doing his really, really well in managing the injuries. He's not willing to risk players. I think he's realised that as well with the start at the very start when he came in, the, the amount of injuries that we had. So I think you've got to put a lot of it down to the, the the manager at the moment, and then we'll see come the end of the season whether the players turn up or not and win this league for us. You can see that with uh, Nikola Raskan at the minute, can't you? He's in the squad. He's obviously training, uh, and you know that he's already said uh, Philip Clement that he likes him, but he's not getting it. He's the only player that's in in, a, in you know in the 18, 19 players that isn't getting any minutes at the minute. And it, it's quite clear to me that Clement thinks he's just not quite fit enough. But he's fit enough to train, he's fit enough to be on the bench. But uh, to me, that, that it's really noticeable. I don't know what you guys think, but I thought it was really noticeable that he's not getting any game time at all at the minute. And I think it's just be building him up uh, due to the injury where he was out for three months or so. He played for the B team today, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So I think that was probably the reason he didn't come off the bench. He's maybe been looking at that and, you know, rather than give him half an hour on that pitch and then not being able to play him today, he's probably thought, leave him on the bench and give him, you know, the majority of the game today or whatever. But just to touch on uh, what Shona said about the injuries, it seems that Clement's actually listening to the medical advice. You've seen that in the way that Ryan Jack's been managed. He's played one game, he's been rested. Same with Lawrence, he's kind of come in, played a game. He's been benched for the next game, then he's came back in. So he's not taking any chances, you know, playing these guys 90 minutes, 90 minutes the way maybe Gerard would or some of these guys, you know, rushing guys back and then they're out again. So that's made a difference. And again, just to touch on the previous point, the fact he's so comfortable rotating the team and even, as Shona said as well, taking Cantwell off. Some managers might have left the one to try and secure the result, but he's, instead of that, he's looked at it and said, no, don't want you injured, need you for next week word in his ear and off he comes and then you know it's just we, we just carry on winning as well which just helps <laughs> not a bad replacement is it though oh, bringing Lawrence on for him it, it, it's just fantastic to see it, this, the level of squad and the, them all fit and I'll tell you it's another thing I was talking to my son earlier on about this and uh, he said that he said when you look back in the last two or three years you just do get the impression that players have been getting brought back too early and this is part of the reason why there's been so many injuries you, we've just been so low in numbers at times that we're, we're, we've got to play certain people where Clement has come in and said that's just not going to happen you've just got to be fully fit to play for him so uh, yeah I'm going to be honest I've got a lot of man love for Philip Clement I just think he's the man at the minute I, I have fully bought into him I think he, everything he's doing even tactically and looking at pitches you know, you see that pitch yesterday. You look at actually the four away games we've played since we come back. Uh, uh, Dumbarton, Easter Road, uh, St Mirren, and then yesterday. And the, the the standard of pitches in Scotland is appalling at this time of year. Uh, and we've probably played in four of the worst pitches you could. Um, and he's just he's just deliberately set his team out, picked his team, and then set them out even. And 
found a way to win. Uh, it doesn't even care if we're winning ugly. It's fantastic. I abs- absolutely love it. And do you know, I think as well, I'm just going to put in there, like, I think he's managing the squad really well with these injuries because he knows how tough the next run's going to be. These next 12 games are absolutely massive, aren't they? So I think it's about managing the squad, isn't it now? Because they've got the European fixtures as well coming up. Yeah, it's exactly what he's doing, isn't it? He's just picking uh, a team to win a game and also using every single substitution uh, that he can. He's, He's using all five in every single game and he's just keep letting you know minutes in the legs and getting everybody game time and everybody uh, you know he's he calls it the story doesn't he uh but you can just tell the players have bought right into it um and they're all happy to be involved it's brilliant to see i completely agree i think it's been massive in terms of how well we've seen him engage with that man management side uh to come back to the point the channel was making about campwell uh, at some point earlier on this season when um phil had just come in but we we almost thought that we were seeing Cantwell getting bombed out. You know, he he wasn't performing well. Um, he he wasn't. He appeared to be having you know a feud with the manager. But it's remarkable to see how well, just in that one specific instance, how well uh, Clement has helped bring Cantwell back into the game and and bring him back up to the kind of form that we were seeing from him last season as well. Um, truly impressive to see. And I think a major point is going to be keeping these players fit, rotated and and healthy because we are in a rare position this week where we actually have a free midweek. But uh, once we come back um, to the game uh, this Saturday, we then go back into this kind of game every three days thing. That That's huge, I think, in terms of, you know, wanting to keep the, the squad fit and healthy because they, these are not going to be small games either. In, in, a, in a title race like this, every single league game is going to be massive. And, you know, the other fixtures that we're playing midweek are Europa League games. So they're no small potatoes either. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how well we can manage that. I think we've shown so far in terms of our previous um, fixtures since January, how well we can balance that. Um, But I wanted to cover one final point, I think, before we start wrapping up here. Uh, And Andy, I'll come to you first. We we have to address the issue of wage theft, and that is... um, one Jack Butland. He's doing nothing all games now. And it's it's quite frankly shocking to see a player just turn up and claim a wage for doing nothing. Um, what, what's your thoughts on that? I'm not having that at all. Jack Butland is <laughs> paid, paid to stand at the back and look handsome and give us all something nice to look at while the team's attacking at the other end of the back. Well, as far as I'm concerned, he's earning his wage already in that department. But uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, Butland's been an absolute revelation for us. I mean, if yeah. we go back to some of Van Bronckhorst's reigns, you know, McGregor was in goals a bit on the wane at that time. Cross balls, flapping at them, stuck in the line. It's only when you really see the difference with Butland coming in now, you really see what we're missing at that point. He's just such a presence in that goal. It calms the whole defence. There's no flapping or panicking the stand either every time a cross comes in. And I think we've got the best defensive record in the league. As you said, even just in terms of the defence in front of him performing, there's games we're not having shots in target, which is just remarkable again. And that kind of a wee throwback to the, the 55 season when you know the defence was just in, incredible and we're seeing little little nuggets of that again this season. So, um, as, as you said, with the fixtures coming up, it'd be nice if we had a few more of them where we could just sit and um, watch the game like the rest of us. He couldn't even watch the penalty. Have you seen the video of that? Yeah. 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 The, the Quite funny. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, 
I think for, from my perspective, Kenny, it, it's it, he is bought into it, hook, line, and sinker in, in terms of you know fitting into this Rangers squad, um, which is really good to see. I mean, you, you, know, you always love it when a player comes out from out with the league and really buys into it. But I mean, just from Jack Butland's perspective, he's gone from sitting on the bench at Man U, which is all well and good, but he started winning trophies for the first time in his career, and more than that. He's got a song. I mean, how many goalkeepers have got songs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, know. Um, I think I, I think it's really good to see. And the fact that, as I jokingly alluded to, he's had so little work to do. I think that is a mark of of how good our defence has been. But the fact is, as well, Kenny, he's always been consistent when called on. Um, he's pulled off some really good saves for us this season. He has helped keep us in games. Um, just really good to see. To, see, to be honest, at this minute in time. Now, that might change closer to the end of the season, but he's probably my player of the year. Uh, I, I just think he's been immaculate. I, I can't really think of him making a mistake. Um, you know, we've we've been very blessed with top, top quality goalkeepers over, you know, right through my lifetime. But um, the biggest compliment I could give him is that he just looks right up there right away. He, he is a, a, an incredible a commanding figure in, in that six-yard box. He uh, imposes himself. You can tell uh, he's just a top, top-class keeper. You talking about him buying into it. I, I always remember looking back um, to the cup final, the League Cup final, and the sheer joy in his face and his kids, uh, you know, with the trophy and stuff like that. And you could just tell he, he was loving it. He was absolutely loving it. Uh, and yes, you can tell he's bought right into the club. You can tell he loves it. Uh, I, my only concern is that we get an offer that might be too good to refuse. And I, I really do want us to tie that boy down uh, and literally tie him down and tell him he's not going anywhere. <laughs> hey, hey, we're meant to keep this uh, <laughs> friendly here, Kenny. Come on. Kenny, that's my job. Hello. Because he is, uh, yeah, he's just... Another one that I would say, you know, talking about Butland, is that you just don't see any nerves at all in the back four now, do you? You don't. Yeah. There's nothing there. There's nothing that, that kind of phases them. They just know if something's coming out the box, if we can't deal with it, he will. Uh, and it's brilliant to see. And can I have a wee quick word for Dijon Sterling that was mentioned earlier on? Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah. Listen, I don't know what kind of contract that boy's on, but we need to be looking at that because he's tailor-made for the English Premiership, that kid, uh, and we will get a proper offer for him. I am sure of that with him. Uh, He's been a little bit unfortunate because, obviously, Tav is the right-back, and that's his preferred position, but he's proved at left-back in Europe. He's proved in centre-mid. Kenny, I was going to say, he can play wherever you want him to play. He's played played (laughs) left-mid, he's played right-wing. Uh, he's probably every bit as good a keeper as Jack. I don't know, but <laughs> it's he's just one of those boys that we need to tie down uh, on a big contract because we will get a barrel load of dosh for that kid. I promise you. Uh, Shona, I'll let you take uh, a few minutes to say nice stuff about Jack Butland because, I mean, you know, we've got a platform. We might as well use it for the important things here, right? <laughs> How long do you want? Um, no, like, um, we're, we're more, we've already gone double what Stevie normally lets us do so I mean you know we're, we're well, flying I'll completely it, I'll off the radar now I'll keep it short and sweet you know, I've ran out of superlatives for Jack Butland I think as well guys with the amount of injuries that we've had in defence and the rotation between the likes of Balogun and Suter and then you've obviously got Ridvan and Barisic 
I think this guy, we need, as you said, we need to tie him down in a long-term contract. I think that's him had, is it 16 clean sheets in the league? Uh, 21 this season out of 41 games. So he's averaging a clean sheet every two games. So look, that's 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 brilliant stats. Um, like I said, we've had great goalkeepers in our in our, um, at our club, and I think Jack Butland's really got into it. He's really bought into it. So um, yeah, it's really good to see. And uh, yeah, look, um, I can't really say much more about Jack Butland. Otherwise, um, I'll be thinking about him all night. Yeah, otherwise we're, we're going to take the rating of this away from kid-friendly. So uh, we can't be having that. We can't be having that. Um, listen, uh, folks, it's been a pleasure to talk to all of you. It's uh, It's been nice to kind of let it all hang out a bit and uh, have this uh, kind of extended format to talk about just the more general kind of picture in terms of uh, how the league and everything else Rangers is going right now. So it's been a joy. We, um, we obviously move on to our next game against Hearts Saturday at three which is a lovely time for a game of football and um, yeah I mean I think um, we, we're obviously not joined by Stevie at the moment um, he's going through some personal bits but uh, I think you know he'll he'll know that we all wish him the best and we hope he can get back um, sooner rather than later uh, we do miss him um, and we hope he's doing well but in the meantime folks it's been a pleasure to spend this time with you all so uh let me thank all of you first uh shona it's been a pleasure talking to you kind of for the first time um you and me talking so that's been lovely so thank you well thank you very much guys obviously be a bit nervous doing my first pod but like i think it went okay so here we go oh, next one, yeah, we'll the next one. yeah we'll, we'll have a chat about you in the private group chat afterwards don't worry <laughs> it's gonna be all good <laughs> <laughs> uh no you, you did great you did great uh, nothing to worry about at all uh, as calm as jack butlin and goals um <laughs> andy <laughs> uh, a pleasure as always to talk to you as well mate yeah pleasure to be on good to have that kind of longer format to get a good wee chat and and long may it continue with the results for sure i can't echo that enough and uh finally last but not least uh kenny mate it's always a pleasure to talk rangers with you uh so thanks again my friend yeah same to you andrew and quick special word first for stevie he knows we're all thinking about him and i just wish you'd stop bullying him in that group chat <laughs> uh, well some things just won't change <laughs> <laughs> uh but listen and, um yeah of course of course uh listen folks it has been a pleasure talking to you all uh to everyone out there listening uh we can't thank you enough uh the support you guys have shown by not only just listening uh which quite frankly is more than enough by itself but also your comments the likes sharing subscribing all of that good stuff can't thank you all enough for that so we welcome that we we you know really appreciate it can't really put it effectively into words how uh, how grateful we are for that but um i'm just going to say a pure and simple thank you um we will be back with you uh no doubt discussing the result of the heart game and um yeah we're going to be with you all the way through to the end of this league season um shaping up to be a very good one thanks again for listening bye for now Four Lads Bite Size Podcast is exclusively sponsored by Rhino Express in association with Zenith Coins, Alexander Campbell Interiors and Rangers Pools. Please don't forget to drop us a like and a follow if you enjoy all our content. And if you're listening on a podcast channel, please subscribe as it really helps the podcast grow. We hope you enjoyed the show. Bye for now.